Before we jump into the episode, I just wanted to jump in here and let you know that we will be taking a little bit of a break. We will have one holiday special to round out the year, but we forgot to take our break in September and everything that we typically do here caught up to us. So we'll have a little bit of a jump in time to hopefully get us back on track and dropping episodes every week like we want to do. And I am sure you want us to do as well. But with that, we'll go to your regularly scheduled gymnastics. Well, I think that's smashing. Welcome back to Gymnastics, the gym for dungeon masters to work out their minds. I'm one of your hosts, DM Neil, aka Jote Maniac. And it's me, your other host, DM Celeste, aka Sea Witch. Oh, uh, guess what though? What? Because we had to do it, we had to do a background check. <gasps> we did. Oh no. That's the name of the exercise. <laughs> that's that's what I'm naming it. <laughs> That's the joke. <laughs> because uh, one of the things I recently did was I was introducing D&D to some new players. Yeah. And one of the things I brought up that I had, I've never said this at a table before, but like I brought up because I know in my, in my heart of hearts, it's the thing I don't do very well. I said, hey, I know you've chosen a background. The background elements are a very, very nebulous version of a mechanical feature yeah it's not a plus one to this it's not a plus two to that it's it gives you proficiencies and those are really straightforward and easy to understand because it you get your proficiency bonus or you use a set of tools yeah and you get equipment which is very clear like but then there's that other thing Yeah. yeah or you gain a language where hey people are using this language you understand it but then you get folk hero where it's like people know you Okie doke. Um, and then it's like, you can probably get some kind of benefit from that. And it's like, what does that mean? So I brought up the idea to those players. I said, hey, if you feel like a, a scenario is happening and it ties to your background feature, say something. Yeah. Just bring it up. Say, hey, I think that this ties back to my background feature. Um, because I feel like those parts don't get played into very well, but there's a lot to be said about like they chose that. I mean, and did they maybe only choose it for the mechanical aspects? Yes, but there was also probably something else that drew them to it. Yeah. So then like, why not play into that? Make those features even more specific to the campaign, which you have a lot of really good examples often in pre-written material to say, hey, if you choose this background, here are direct connections. Yeah, then you get this extra thing, or like this NPC will treat you differently. Yeah, yeah, and so I was running them through, uh, starting to run them through the Shattered Obelisk, and it's basically that was one of the prime examples of like, oh, hey, you're the noble, you just inherited a cottage in Fandolin, and you want to go check it out to see if it's something you'd like to keep yeah. or something you'd like to sell. It's like not only do you have like an actual motive behind yeah. your background, like here is a direct, direct connection tie-in. to the. Yeah. Yeah, to the campaign, like the idea that like, yeah, just tying it in. So that said, we have an article that we can look at Uh, this time from the Bell of Lost Souls. And it was brought to us by J.R. Zambrano, who we have definitely had some of their articles before. I don't always recognize the name, but when you have a picture, I recognize your face. (laughs) So this one is called D&D 13 Side Quests that will make any D&D background shine. Cool. We are not doing all 13. No. So it's your 13 standard. So is there any of the backgrounds that jump out to you? This is really funny. Scrolling through this, it is literally like you are opening my press assets folder. (laughs) (laughs) I can tell you. 
So the bottom one is the Siege of Dragon Dragonspire Castle. I recognize that one. The Kobold, yeah, and then that's the main one for the Bard when it came out. Uh, and then the top one, the Accolade, is a cleric from 3rd edition. Yeah, yeah that... Uh... There is, yeah, I mean, starting off, there's uh, an acolyte background. So it looks like they did one one uh, section for each of the background options in the player's handbook, because uh, there are 13 of those here. And the acolyte one has some wild art we were just talking about. It's a, you know, a piece from 3.5. It's like a cleric standing over uh, a dude on a table who's like got this ghost leg and chest and we could like see yeah. their bones this is this is gnarly i feel like we should just cover acolyte just for this art alone yeah. <laughs> we then then we shall so the acolytes can perform the religious ceremonies of their deities you just would one sentence gave you an absolute treasure trove yep because yep. i'm gonna make an assumption and then you can correct me I know how I do it, and I feel like I feel like we we often are kindred spirits. I really don't mess with my pantheon unless I have a reason to mess with my pantheon. Yeah, I am not fleshing out extra gods. I am not giving everybody their pieces of their portfolios. I am not doing any of that until some there is some engagement. Is it that I need it as an NPC that is doing some machinations in the background? Okay, so then I'll start to figure something out. Is it because a PC has chosen to be a cleric? Or even chosen this acolyte background, so now they're attached to someone. Yeah. Okay. Then we can start to flesh that out, have that conversation. Who are you attached to? Yeah. Okay. So then what are those ceremonies that you do that you think ties back to your deity? Yeah. First off, I love that this like is like a you have to do it. It's making it a to-do because yeah. like that's part of your job as an acolyte. And they give a D8 table of ceremony types you might be called on to have to perform as an acolyte. So they have like weddings, uh, coming of age, funerals, feast days to settle a theological dispute, settle local disputes, bestow a blessing on someone or some kind of like esoteric, right? So I think this is super fun. And they mention, you know, so part of the this quest is figuring out components or gestures or acts you need to do to actually do this ceremony that you are called on to do because as an acolyte, it's your job. Yeah. Oh, and then going into each town and part of it is like them looking for it. There's a version of this where you're really gamifying it. And if you if you do gamify it enough, uh, there needs to be there needs to be carrot at the end of this yeah. process. Like you need to give them. Something for that. Yeah, like, like if, they get what paid, if they check, you know, when they do or, or what if they check all eight boxes and then they're allowed to be something more than an acolyte? Right, right. Yeah. You can be a priest now, officially, and then maybe a high priest. And then, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and what if you gave them even, like, the equivalent of the magic, the magic efficient? I mean, that's really funny in, in terms of this. What if you did give them the magic efficient? It's it's just a magic initiate, but they yeah. get to choose like an extra spell. Yeah. Um, but they're really good at marrying and burying because they're they've tried and true process. Yeah, I love the idea that like a you know a group of adventurers, one of them's a cleric with the alkalite background, they roll up into town fully expecting to go on some other quest, and uh, while they're checking in at the local tavern, someone's like, "Oh, hey, acolyte, we need someone to get married." So here you go, and then just like pulls this cleric, and they're like, "Oh," and the group yeah. is like, "Okay," uh, I think that would be super fun uh and hilarious well i mean and the idea that they would be wearing something to denote their status as an acolyte so that when they go into town they can be easily identified um and be it that you know be it a whole as simple as a holy symbol um or even something more 
precise to say like no they're absolutely an acolyte like i can do i can ask them because if it was a priest would it look different and like that's you could request of them and maybe they'll say yes but if you ask this acolyte they gotta do it there's no (laughs) there's no getting out of it amazing so the other one and i I brought it up is the folk hero because i feel like that one can be so much fun i feel like that one speaks to a lot of you know when they go to create characters and i just feel like though it's one of the hardest most ambiguous ones of like yes for sure people you know people know you oh okay but but why um so yeah folk heroes are people who come from humble beginnings to go on to do great things basically the folk hero uh they're heroes plucked up from among the common people and always find a place to hide rest or recuperate among them in fact, people who recognize the character might call on them to give a speech. Ooh. So yeah. I like it. Or break new ground for a temple or merchant consortium, guild hall. Basically, their rustic fame will surely bring out the crowds. This is this is another one I really like where like <laughs> if a party is going back to maybe visit the hometown of one of these folk heroes or whatever, and like there's a new business or something that is like, hey, we want you to endorse our store opening. Yeah. Listen, we need your, we want you to be the face of our new product, right? Because you're the folk hero, right? And that would be so satisfying and weird uh, for that player. And they could do the ribbon cutting with like whatever weapon <laughs> yep. they have. Yeah, like you're the person, like we're going to por- point your portrait on the box and you're going to be there, cut the ribbon. <laughs> like, Oh, that would be great. And I think, Either establishing in the moment or like establishing before then, like what's the big thing that they did. And the longer the campaign goes on, the easier that that becomes because you can decide it's some of the things that they've already chosen to do or the party has already completed. And it's now a no more of a known quantity. Like they defeated this dragon over here. So then when they go to another town, does someone recognize them and say, hey, you're the person that defeated um so and so the dragon that was plaguing our nation yeah. for a hundred years can you rally can you rouse the people uh which is also caution not everyone at your table is going to want to give a speech um so it could be so the, the idea of a speech that, yeah. the essence of a speech the role to see how good your speech is so is there another one that stands out okay yeah let's see Okay, um, the soldier one has uh, has some pretty good stuff too. I feel like soldier is soldier is actually one of my favorite backgrounds, but you do sort of have to think about like why aren't you still attached to that that life anymore, right? Because usually soldiers sign up for life, right? Uh, so the know. so the Fandolin example is that they were wor- they were working in Neverwinter as a guard. They were injured. They've been recuperating. They don't feel adequate to go back into the Neverwinter Guard. So they're going to go to Phandalin and basically take like a lesser post. And then obviously the character at the table was like, ah, I took an arrow to the knee. But the idea that like there's, yeah, like an inciting event to cause them to go and be somewhere else. I think you have to. Um, yeah, so on the soldier one, they said here, uh, so soldiers were once mem- members of standing army, but blah, 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 whatever their army, they can still enjoy the benefits of their military rank. Uh, but of course, with those privileges come responsibilities. So yeah, so whenever uh, they're proposing for this quest, the soldier comes across another member of their former mm. unit 
So yeah, I love I love this the I need your help kind of table. You know, you have this obligation to, you know, your comrade in arms sort of the D6 table of what kind of help you might need. So they have healing, shelter, assistance paying off a debt, a family member rescued, ooh, getting in to plead their case before local authorities, uh, or they've been condemned for a crime they didn't commit. These are cool. I I I like these because I feel like this is this is a kind of story we see a lot, I think, in media. Mm-hmm. Like this this whole like we went through hell together and things haven't quite been the same. That that kind of experience tying people together. It can get a little dark, definitely yeah. like warning people, especially if you're like treading towards themes like PTSD or whatever. But I, I really do like this, like having that bond to your past and having those obligations to other people. I think that's that's really neat. So you you used a keyword and you unlocked a memory. Well done. <gasps> so uh-huh. one of the things to look at, and I think this would be a really good way to re- possibly restructure all of your backgrounds, is to go to the Star Wars RPG, the Edge of the Empire RPG. Yeah. And they have a function called obligations. Yeah. Where basically yeah. like you're rolling to see which character you're tying back into. So it could be a really easy way, like if you don't let's say you have more of a West March campaign or you just kind of don't know what's next for your campaign, like looking into these obligation rules to basically kind of decide, okay, well, this next arc is gonna be about our soldier background and they have someone that needs assistance paying off a debt. It could be I mean, and then as soon as you do that, let's look at what level they are. Is it 20 30 gold is it uh that they sold their soul to a demon is right it, you know <laughs> yeah. so that debt you know figure out how far that debt goes but then yeah using those obligation functions to figure out what's next yeah it's kind of they sort of have something similar in 5e it's like the bonds system mm-hmm. uh so like being bonded to you know your former comrades or like maybe the soldier in need of help was actually like your captain or your commander somebody who helped you survive you know, the war and you wouldn't be here without them. Like you can really even intensify that kind of link uh, and, you know, build that story as much as your player's interested in. Okay. Are you ready for a ne- for the noble who also has Ooh, a... Yeah. I like these ones with the tables. Let's yeah, me the too. The tables. Yeah. <laughs> They're noble duty, a D6, where um, basically they have wealth, they have power, they have privilege. Um, but, uh, you know, kind of looking back at the soldier, with those things come often comes family responsibilities of these are the things that we as the noble class are you know we have to do this yeah, born to up. privilege but also responsibility yeah so basically they can be called to oversee noble activities like judging a tournament competing in the tournament attending a landholders meeting and casting a vote yeah hosting a lavish ball being present at court for an important matter or holding a feast for peasants and nobles alike. I really like this. I really like especially the financial obligation aspect of it because I feel like that plays really nicely Mm. into adventuring. Like maybe the fact that you know at some point you're going to get called on to have to host these balls or throw these feasts. Like maybe that's the reason you're adventuring, right? To like get enough cash to save face, keep your title by like maintaining these these high level and expensive uh, obligations. I also uh, the number three the attending attending something that requires yeah. a vote. I think is really interesting because yes. of the the level of urgency that you can decide that that has. Um, yeah. It could be very important. It could be, and the catalyst behind the vote could also be the thing where hey, so and so has passed. 
And we need to vote who's, you know, who's going to take their place. Or if you're like, you could tie it even to the adventures. Like I'm thinking right now, you know, with, um, with, with Waterdeep and stuff like, hey, if you're here and like you have, you know, a house in Waterdeep and there's like a big dragon coming to attack, right? Like the city. And you know that it's tied to the adventure and stuff, but you're here in the city taking a vote on like how to allocate resources or, you know, like what kind of battle preparations to make can tie directly into the drama of the of the main quest. Yeah, and I love the nuance of putting one and two together where the noble is then called upon to judge tournament. Yeah. But someone else from the party decides to enter the tournament. Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, kind of the, the the political intrigue behind what does that process? Is it really straightforward? Is it, you know, a lot of money in the back changing hands? And then you kind of, you know, you have your player who's obviously not going to play into the political games. Of or are they? Yeah. Like, yeah. You, like, is your player getting far enough along and then they're willing to take a dive? Or is this like, this is an unexpected thing, right? Because like if a family member, you know, if it's your eldest brother who was, you know, heir to the throne and like you never had to worry about it because your brother took care of all this stuff, you were the middle child, whatever. And then if they are killed or suddenly die or disappear and you have to step into that role, not only do you have the fun of having to deal with those obligations, but also probably trying to figure out what exactly happened. (laughs) The other one I think is, um, do they need, are they called upon to compete in a tournament? But are they allowed to proxy? So they're mm, choosing yes. yeah. the fighter, a party member. Yeah, yeah, choosing someone else to go in in their place. Yeah, um, that's a lot of fun. These are, I think, these would make some really fun quests. So you you said we're looking for the ones with the tables. Yeah, yeah. One of the others Ooh, that has a table. We is got the, the criminal. Yes, I love having the criminal. Criminal, one. all about crimes. Yes, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, and this feature gives them access to network of other criminals, and they can call in for aid. But contacts are a two way street. Yes. Uh, when coming downstairs for breakfast, the criminal is greeted by their contact, who may or may not be in a disguise, and they are in need of help. Um, I really like this, like this obligation mm-hmm. style. Uh, of like coming up with these adventures i think this is this is a lot of fun um so yeah there's the the you gotta help me d4 table so one is lying low and hiding out from the authorities or rival criminals uh two pulling off a tricky job three fencing an item or four doing some honest work for a while i think all of these are super fun and all of these can allow for every pc at the table I could do some solo stuff with. Yeah. Now that said, the PC who often ends up being the one that is the easiest to do solo stuff with is whoever chose this background. Yes. Because they're probably going to do stuff that not everyone's going to be okay with. So then they're going to do it in the dark of night. Like fencing an item. Yeah, but what's fun about this is like this is a whole other person who shows up exactly to where you are. So all of a sudden, it's not really... You can't really keep this stuff a secret mm-hmm. if you have a criminal standing there being like, you have to hide me, man. Yeah. And like traveling around, you know, with this <laughs> with this other criminal. Yeah. I think this is so much fun for the rest of the party to be like, I'm sorry, what? And like learn about <laughs> this. Or having life. to pull off a job, like basically yeah. like, no, I helped you do this and that. You have to help me do this now. Like there's no, yeah. <laughs> John Wick. It's what makes yeah. stick of the coins. Yeah. Right. Or even the honest work for a while. Like, if this criminal just shows up and is like, hi, I'm going to be honest now. I want to be an adventurer. You have to take me on Whoa. in your party, like, as yeah. an adventurer, right? For some, some limited amount of time. Like, that is just, 
gotta be so fun. Well, yeah, even having them work, to, you know, a couple working in tandem, like they're laying low, appearing as someone else that has now joined the party. Um, and then, yeah, that one character has to explain away why there's this rando who just joined <laughs> the party and you don't want to kick him out. I feel like actually this is a good strategy if you have maybe a player who's missing for a bit or you have somebody else mm. come in, like they could be that criminal contact and be like, nope, this is part of the deal. I'm in your party now. This other person has to go take care of something for me. This is a great way to do a guest spot or like cover, you know, for someone who can't play. <laughs> Or when you add a character to the party, you know, you add another player to your table. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, this is how we are linked, right? Oh, yeah. Tying yeah, tying the backgrounds together or especially yeah, adding someone new or, some, you know, uh, a player choosing to switch characters and then adding that new character. Well, I think, JR, once again, you have done a fantastic job. Fantastic job. Fun article. So if you wa- if you enjoyed this background check and you wanted to check us out in our background a little bit more, you can always head over to Apple Podcasts or your podcatcher of choice. And since you're already there looking, you might as well leave us a rating and a review. What a great idea. What a great idea. It helps out a lot. Yeah. And if you ever, you know, just want to reach out, uh, tell us about fun things you're doing with backgrounds in your game. You can always email us at dmnastics at gmail.com. Uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter slash X slash that social media platform at DMS underscore block. Neil at Joe Moniak and me at C. Conowich. And then for everything else in the network, you can check out blockpartypodcastnetwork.com. And a huge thanks to the Bards over on Bombarded for intro and outro music. You can check out everything they're doing at bombardcast.com. But with that, uh, rather than let these mental gains go to waste, let's head to Taking Your Supplements. Taking Your Supplements! Celeste, I hear tell that you have an amazing book by a friend uh, a friend to us, a friend to all. Yes! Yes! I got my copy of Flea Mortals in the mail! Uh, so, full disclosure, I did get to do a little bit of writing on this book, but not oh, much, nice. so it's not really super self-promotion. Um, I worked on some of the undead in here, but I am so excited. I also just backed the Kickstarter because it's awesome, yep. so I have a couple copies coming. But Flea Mortals is uh, a book from MCDM Productions. It is their big old book of monsters. Uh, so, 5th edition monsters uh, re-envisioned some of the core classic monsters in that style of MCDM which it, with a ton of cool changes. What I really like about this book is it is nothing like your normal like monster manual or, you know, even Tome of Beasts from Gold Press. They really like did a lot of things to shake up the formula and provide you with some new tools or different tools uh, that you normally wouldn't see in just kind of a compendium of monsters. So also, obviously, MCDM Productions, their books are just beautiful glossy like quality this like feels just so nice the pages to turn they've got all their cool borders you know that they usually do just incredible as always uh and what i love about here is well one they have action oriented creatures most of the creatures in this book are action oriented which is this really cool thing Mm -hmm. that mcdm does uniquely that basically on these certain turns actions trigger to make like fights more dynamic and you know make sure that monsters are doing more during fights um they also have minion rules in here like retainers uh lots of great encounter building advice and something that's really unique is that they have decided to give every like all these boss monsters in the book actual names and stories it's not just generic Mm, lore 
So that way you can actually, if you want to pick up these villains and use them in your game, they're all ready to go. They already have stories. Or you can just choose to ignore that and use it just as a standard, like, you know, monster. So there's some, like, big choices in here that I think a lot of them are really fun and great for shaking up, you know, what has become very formulaic, right, running 5e monster fights. So just wanted to say again, well done to the MCDM team and, like, really recommend if you are looking for ways to spice up your encounters and think about monsters in different ways, highly recommend Fleet Mortals from MCDM. Agreed. We've had James on before and he talked about the bread battle and, like, the idea, like, the essence of that, of figuring out a way to make the story more compelling around the monster, not just a bag of hit points. But that carries out through the whole book. So, yeah, if you want to, like you said... I, I always do it because my players have played for so long, mm-hmm. just not even just so long, but so long with me as well as their dungeon master that I often am always on the hunt for something that is a, at least a little bit different to yeah. hopefully surprise them yes. um, and have something happen. I think they will definitely be surprised if you face an orc from this book. Uh, nothing like a standard orc, you know, from 5e. But yeah, the minion rules and seeing how to implement those are also really, really Big benefit of that book. Oh, also the companion, like the creature companion rules they have in here. Like this is a whole mechanical subsystem on its own in this book uh, that works with all of this. So you're really getting a lot more than just a book of monsters here. You are getting all kinds of new mechanics. So there'll be a link to where you can find your own copy of Flea Mortals. But with that, we will turn out the lights and head out of the gym. But before we go, we want to implore you, dear listener, go find us. Uh, not at our houses, though, but online, <laughs> preferably only that way. Um, go to the Twitter, go to Discord, anywhere else you can find us, and help and join in in these amazing conversations and exercises being had. To do that, head over to dungeonmasterblock.freeforums.net and try some gymnastics so your players don't ask, do you even live?